I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But that just wouldn't be our style. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory lasts forever. Oh, Drew, can you feel it? It's back. Oh, it's back. Who better than Shane Falco to lead us into the 2015 football season? That's right. It's a football podcast. It's back, and we're back. Welcome back to the Last Row Podcast. My name is Drew, and as you heard him, my man Badway. Hello. Over there. Uh, we want to welcome all new listeners. For those that don't know, this is the podcast where we watch movies that might not have been loved by the critics, find their silver linings, and fill in the blanks that the movie writers might have left out. If you're looking for us on the web, it is thelastrowpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at thelastrowpod, facebook.com slash thelastrowpod. We're on Google+. Plus. And head on out to iTunes if you haven't done so already. We just got a bunch of new reviews. Really appreciate everybody that took the time to go and leave us a five-star review. If you haven't done so and you enjoy the show, please head on out. It really helps us out, and we really appreciate it. So to ring in the new year, this is the new year, right? I mean, forget January 1st. Yeah, I mean, the new year coincides with football season. We're going the replacements. Year 2000, Rotten Tomatoes, 40%. IMDb 6.5%, tremendously underrated movie, directed by Howard Deutsch. Deutsch? Ditch? Howard Ditch. There's no S in there. Like, how do you pronounce that? Is by, it Deutsch? It's, it's got to be Deutsch. Deutsch. By, I, did, I did some quick uh, some quick IMDb-ing on this guy's career, and yeah. about two or three movies after The Replacements, it, it, it took a downward spiral. Oh. He's, he's directing CSI one-off episodes. It's not going well for Deutsch. <laughs> I feel bad for him, did, man. Did an okay job here. I feel like the movie was better than what it came out to be. Yeah. In spite of him, it did well. It's like if a football team has a bad coach but yes, great players. They win anyway. They still yes, win that's exactly, despite the coach. That's exactly it. All right, so <laughs> so picture this, Drew. It's late in the season. The playoffs are fast approaching, and the Washington Sentinels have just gone on strike. Scrambling for a solution, the Sentinels owner, Edward O'Neill, not to be confused with Al Bundy. Al Bundy. <laughs> the character's name is Edward O'Neill. Ed, Ed O'Neill. Give the guy a different name. We know who Al Bundy is, guys. Yeah. Hatches a plan to bring in legendary coach Jimmy McGinty to recruit a team of replacement players in exactly one week. For fans and owners alike, the strike is a disaster. But for Shane Falco and the mismatched <laughs> crew of outsiders, riffraffs, ragtags, hootnannies, it is the second <laughs> chance they've waited their whole lives. I like that for. you did like a little Irish accent yeah. when you said Shane Falco. I always, Was that on purpose? I always hear it. Every time I see Falco, I think of the kicker saying his name. Shane Falco. Number one at our hearts, Shane Falco. Yeah. Edward O'Neill, a.k.a. that old guy from Problem Child. Yes. <laughs> the, sp- the sports shop owner from Jimmy Problem Jimmy McGinty, Child. a.k.a. that old guy from Superman, uh. also known as Gene Hackman. <laughs> As so, we say. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of star power in this movie. But um, long story short, this movie, not a lot happens. They put the team together. They have four games left in the regular season. They win three out of four games. The team makes the playoffs. That's not what we're going to talk about. That's, not that's about all. as much of the plot as we're going to finish right now. Just you know from the start, spoiler alert, they win their games. They get into the playoffs. Shane Falco gets his moment in the sun. But what we're going to talk about is... What happened before Shane Falco? What happened after for Shane Falco and his ragtag group of misfits and, and ruffians? And his lovely lady interest? Yes, and his lovely lady Potentially. interest and Coach Gene Hackman. All right. One thing that I noticed about this movie, like right off the bat, was that it's supposed to be based on like a true true story, right? Yeah, now, sure. I was what? How old was I in 1987? I was like Two? three years old. Three? So, you know... I, I don't remember this, and no. I've been a football fan since the early 90s well, when I was a kid, but I wasn't alive like in my mind for yeah, the strike. You weren't a real person. You were a two-year-old infant. But see, this is based on that, See, right? right now, I'm older than you, so I was I was there. I was, I was there, there for the strike. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm about six months older than you, so I, 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 know, <laughs> you I know what happened. You, you right. saw it, man. So, but uh, at the football historian that I am, it happened in 1987, and it, lo, uh, lo and behold... The Washington Redskins were the team that they benefited. They won like the three or four games the replacement players played, and it helped boost them into the playoffs. And they eventually won the Super Bowl. Cheaters. Yeah, man. What is they that? Do. That should be called like like Strike Gate. 
Every every time you got to add a gate yeah. to everything. It's like a yeah. colon. You got to have a gate. That wasn't hot yet back then. Deflate gate. Yeah. Strike gate. Oh yeah. So um, so they do as 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 Terry Silver would say. Well, one of the do. things that that's interesting about it is you know the actual strike. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but like the idea of the strike. And again, I wasn't there. I know you were there back in '87, and yes. I know you were kind of like you're on the picket line. Yep. But. You know, I read a little bit on Wikipedia, right? Because if it's on Wikipedia, it's true. Yeah, that's um, New Source 101. But Wikipedia and the way that it wound up describing the events yeah. was that, you know, you had this picket line and then you got the scab replacement players, which yes. scab is just such a great word. Yeah. Um, so derogatory. For a multitude of reasons. So derogatory. <laughs> it really is. Like, I feel like I'd rather be called a scumbag than a scab, <laughs> you know, or... Or, or a, something to be picked. Yeah, or a bleep <laughs> than a scab, you know, but... One of the things that I thought was very interesting was talking about crossing the line. Yeah, and cross like the picket line. And later in the in the in the in the, not the game, the movie, you get Martell. Well, I keep wanting to call him Rick Martell. We'll yeah. get into that. Rick the model Martell. Rick the model Martell. Yeah. You get him crossing the line, and it's like if you're in a union, can you cross the line? Now, I'm not a union expert. Yeah. As as I won't claim to be. Right. But can you cross the line? And like, are you in deep shit? Like, well, yeah. Apparently, you can, but I guess it's frowned upon. I guess it depends on which union you're a part of. Well, because we saw it. it was Joe Montana, not to be confused with Joe Montana. Montana, yeah. Uh, Steve Largent. Yeah. There was a couple other guys, yeah. you know, that were crossing the line in back in '87. Yeah. They How does that work? Line. Like, were they in deep shit with the union? Well, what what I gather from that is Joe Montana is such like uh, he's a win at all costs kind of guy. I guess it seems, and he, he must be a sore loser, so he couldn't he couldn't help but sit on the sidelines and watch their replacement quarterback yeah. fumble. They didn't have a Shade Falco on the Forty Nine. He was so mad. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, what I'm assuming is that it's done, and in the movie they do do that. Like I, I think one of the um, one of the teams they played, I think it was Detroit or something. Yeah, they had their quote unquote star linebacker, Pro Bowl linebacker back. For, it was like the second game. Yeah, so t- players were crossing the line, and then in the final game where they played against the rival Dallas for the right to go to the playoffs, the whole team was back for Dallas, but just. Martell was back for Washington, Washington to replace Falco, which I feel like he did out of spite, not that he wanted to cross. He did. Yeah, so. I guess it, it obviously it was done in '87, and it can be done. But I think it's union to union. I think and and uh, and other professions, you're pretty much you're dead to them if you do it. Pretty much, we'll just have to call up Troy Vincent and ask yeah. him, ask him what's up. Yeah. Um. And and one last point before we move on, because I don't want to spend too much time on the actual strike itself. It doesn't really matter. Um. Like, how the hell would they put a game plan together in like less than a day? Right. Like, they basically had to gather a team. He had to hire a coach first. Yes. Old man from Problem Child had to hire the coach. Yes. He also looks like Gene Hackman like 30 years later when they were sitting in the golf cart together and they were yeah. driving down the street. I'm like, they look like twins. He looks like he like came back from the future. It's his grandpa. Yeah. Gene Hackman came back from the future and came back to like coach this team. It's it was a perfect himself. way to put it. It's, he looked exactly like him. He looked like his dad or his grandpa. We got to do like a side by side and put it on Twitter. Yeah, we, we should. But the game planning, yeah. I mean, what the hell, man? See, I don't know how other teams are running their operations, but this particular team in Washington that was put together, they what they had they had a cop, they had a guy that was in jail, they had a co- a, a college foot superstar football yeah. burnout, they had a a a, a, a Mick with a drinking problem <laughs> at a bar. Can I not say that? Yeah, you can. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> I won't cut it out. All right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, they have uh, bodyguards with uh, concealed weapons. Like they, they really, have, really have a ragtag group of people. Did other teams have this kind of uh, ruffians, miscreants? And that's why, like, when the coaches came back, they were kind of like, "What are you doing, sumo like, wrestler? Just take guys from freaking X from uh, XFL, man, from the Arena League." Vince McMahon's got <laughs> yeah, something going right. on. I mean, there's, this was the year 2000. Yeah, there's minor league football players. All right, why do you got to pull a guy from sumo wrestling? Just get a normal guy. But it worked. Hey, who am I to say? It worked. That, that's a good segue, though, to get into some of these characters. Yeah. And we're going to give you the football biography slash a football life of these <laughs> characters. Like, if you turn it on NFL Network, you know, yeah. at like 11 p.m., there's nothing else on. You get a football life. Shane Falcon. You get the classy music. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. And I don't know, due to copyright, I'm not allowed to put that in, but I would love to right now. Fun, uh, quick quick segue. Yeah. Um, the, the, the story of the 87 strike. That episode on NFL Network of Football Life, the 87 strike, narrated by who? Gene Hackman. Is it really Gene yep. Hackman? Yeah, yeah he did. Oh, my God. I found God. that little tidbit. So that's pretty nice. Bring it full circle. If Gene Hackman was a villain in Mega Man, like, what would, <laughs> <laughs> what would, his, like, what would his power be? 
like, uh, razor blade mustaches. Hackman. <laughs> he would just razor blade mustaches. It's like, oh damn, I gotta go up against Hackman. No, in the movie, he's always wearing that cap that like yeah. uh, what a Tom Landry. Yeah, the wore. Tom Landry like, hat. He just, yeah, that, he'd be tossed those. Like he, he'd be tossing. He also wore the suit. Yeah. You know, like no one else wore the suit. You had yeah. fake Andy right. Reid of Dallas, <laughs> which is like really hilarious, wearing like just sweatpants and yeah. being a so fat he was, guy. He was classing it up. Yeah. I think the last guy to do that was, I forget his name. Is it Chuck Nolan or Nolan. something? Nolan. Uh, no, it was uh, Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan. From the uh, 49ers. Nolan from the 49ers, yeah. People were giving him shit about yeah, it. class it up, man. I, I, I dig it. So let's let's get into these characters. Um, so what are we what are we gonna do with the football life? Basically, we're gonna ha- we're gonna talk about a player and we're going to describe their past in our mind, yes, and their future after the movie. Well, I have their bios from Wikipedia, right. and I will I'll quickly read the ones that I feel are re- relevant. Okay, so we're gonna go player by player. Yeah, here. and what okay. I also thought would be pretty fun that we could do is we could give a current or former actual NFL player. That could be their style, yeah, or like who they are in real life. Like if if Shane Falco was a real quarterback, who who is he? What, who is the Shane Falco of right. the actual NFL? Let's get into it. All right, so this is the the biography for Shane Falco, and again, it's full of spoilers. We're not going to talk about the uh, you know the plot here. That that's not the point of this episode, as bad we said earlier. But um, Shane Falco, former quarterback whose career was a constant struggle after he choked during the '96 Sugar Bowl at Ohio State. Also, Johnny Utah was Ohio State quarterback, too. Quarterback <laughs> um, you. Falco was given the name Footsteps for his failure to complete passes and his tendency to dump the ball quickly to avoid the hit from the defense that his weak offensive line could not stop. That's now, not, is that his that's, fault? That's not fair, first of all, because he took a lot of he took a lot of hits. He did not play that way yeah. for the Washington Sentinels. He got crushed. Yeah. He now lives on a boat and earns his living scraping barnacles and debris off of the boats tied to the marina, but is given a second chance when recruited by the Washington Sentinels to play quarterback during an official player's strike. Yeah, he's living on a boat. It's, it's not T-Paid, all right? He's so, not living the life. Let me ask you, who... Who in your mind is the current or former Shane Falco from the NFL? Well, first of all, play style has to factor into it. I see him as a total Tony Romo. Yeah, his game—he's a scrambler. You know, he's he's a, he, he improvises. He'll he'll juke a defender left, right, left, right in the backfield, run for a little bit too long, and then underhand shovel a pass. You know what I mean? <laughs> throw a pick. He's not afraid to throw to double coverage. Yeah, <laughs> quadruple he, coverage. He's not afraid to fumble after taking an unnecessary hit. You know, total Tony Romo. The one, but other, also with yeah. that is the successes because Tony Romo's right. successful too. So right. you know, he's that style. He's a, he's, a, he's a gunslinger. The other Romo esque move. I hate to say Romo esque. Yeah. Right? I love how NFL announcers describe Romo as yeah. Romo esque. Romo esque. It's like you can't yeah. describe a player he by himself. He plays exactly like himself. It's like oh, he's so yes. Romo esque. It's like no, he is Romo. He is Romo. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so um, I just wanted to say like we were talking about this when we were doing the notes for the show. The one move that Romo always does, he yeah. rolls out opposite side yeah. and then throws across his body every single time. <laughs> and he just kept so Falco's is left-handed, yes. which is interesting because I didn't know that uh, is is Keanu Reeves actually left-handed or is it just like a thing? It has to be because it looked too like too natural of a yeah. motion. I feel like otherwise it would yeah. be. Why like would they just mean? do that? Yeah, well, like, they make him throw with his off hand. That's pretty mean. Like so funny story. Uh, we did a uh, fantasy football combine for our fantasy football draft last year, and um, yeah. we had a, a, a contest to determine the number one pick of the draft. So we had things like you know long toss, throwing through hula hoops, accuracy contest, pot, yeah. pass, punt, and kick. Kicking. And one of the uh, one of the moves was to throw left-handed. Yeah, left-handed long toss. And we looked so... I'm sure that everyone that was... We were doing this in the street at our yeah. house, and I'm sure that everyone that was there was like, what are they doing? They probably thought we never knew how to play <laughs> yeah, football in our life. Yeah, like a bunch of Because we're throwing lefties. Yeah. But yeah, he used to do that all the time. Yeah. And that's so, a small aside, but all right. any other players? Well, I want to go back. So we're talking about Shane Falco. Yeah. Let's go back to that Sugar Bowl game. That he just flubbed. So yeah, we're, what the hell happened? we're under the assumption that Shane Falco was a superstar, top flight, number one pick quarterback. Gets the cold feet during the biggest game of his life during the during the uh, championship game, uh, Ohio State versus. Uh, did they say who it was? Was it USC? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, so he loses by forty points. Still gets drafted. So bad. So and then we learned that also he was drafted high. They gave the keys to the offense right away. He didn't get to sit and, and learn. And then the team was depending on him, and he buckled under that pressure. He crumbled. He called it quicksand in one of the meetings. Yeah, he fear. did. Poetic, yeah. man. So so this guy has nothing but success up until that one game. And then the one game kind of defined his entire career. 
So now that he had a, a modicum of success after this four-game stint as the Washington Sentinels quarterback, what do you think um, went for his future? D- did he get any tryouts for the following season, I mean, the 2001 season? He had to because, I mean, you get like a guy like Dennis Dixon who still yeah. floats around the league. It's like he was a good college quarterback, yeah. but he's still floating around and he's still got an opportunity. Now, I'm, I'm guaranteeing that he got a tryout somewhere. Yeah. Because we know Martell sure as hell wasn't going to be on this team anymore. No. Because he he blew it himself, and he just they pretty much kicked him off. First of all, he crossed the picket line before his brothers. Yeah. So so that's a violation right yeah. there. And I don't even know if the coach... So the, they never even said what the hell happened with the coach. Yeah. He just got left, and they, they asked for freaking Ed O'Neill, old yeah. man from Problem Child, brings back Gene Hackman... And you know, there's I don't know what, like what what happened with that. Like he fired him before too. Is right. this the worst owner ever? Like we're yeah. gonna get into some comparisons. He's, yeah, but. he's 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 pretty out there. But yeah, I like to think that Shane Falco definitely got a shot. But it's more of like a uh, like I don't a Gordon wanna, Bombay. Yeah, I don't want to say Doug Flutie because that's too successful. Yeah, I feel like you would expose him. If, if he got extended playing time. So this is like a flash in the pan. I'm thinking of, for current football sake, I'm, I'm thinking of maybe like a Nick Foles situation. Yeah. Where he got thrown in, Vic got hurt for the Eagles. And, and he was he, good. He was good. He threw like 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. Everybody thought he was the, the, the second coming of, of Joe Montana. St. Nick. Yeah. And it just flat out, it, it, it didn't work out that as well the next year. And then all of a sudden he's traded. I think this is the same situation. It's lightning in a bottle. He's never going to put the stats up. He's Mark Sanchez, all right? Yes. He's Mark Sanchez. He's going to be... You can't expose him. Best backup in the league, maybe. Because he's got the moxie yes. to lead a drive if your QB's hurt. Other than that, no thank you. And There's another another guy that I think kind of talking about USC quarterbacks. Yeah. He really reminds me of like a Matt Liner. <laughs> except he doesn't party as much. He's just yeah. hanging out on his boat. Right. But like... He does remind me of a Matt Liner type, yeah. like like Lefty the expectations were so big, That's high expectations, and he couldn't lead the team. Yeah, another guy that I also I feel like the actual like current day, him, yes, Alex Smith, Alex Smith, because he's not going to win you the game. No. And this is not a knock on Alex Smith; he's a good quarterback. It's right. just he's not he's not going to win you a Super Bowl by himself. Put the team on my back, though. <laughs> that kind of thing. He's yeah. not going to do it. I feel you on that. But I have a final question for you, Chief Falcon, before we move on. If I were to, if I were to define for you, a framed Shade Falco Sentinels jersey, autographed by Keanu Reeves, but it says Shade Falco, like Keanu Reeves autographed Shade Falco's name on the jersey in the one six. How much would you pay for that? Oh my what god, what is that worth to you, dude? I would on the I Golden would, Closet. Listen, if that was on the GoldenCloset.com, yeah. I would pay at least a hundred bucks for that. Hundred dollars. I would the, hang it right there on the wall because uh, it's 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 a good prop. It's Keanu Reeves. If Keanu Reeves actually signed, no, but it. I I need proof. Yeah. I need the GoldenCloset.com. Yeah, to show me like a picture of him signing that, right? Or like some type of authentication, so the, 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 the certificate of authenticity, yes. which as, could also be as faked. they would always have on QVC when you're yeah. buying baseball cards yeah. with autographs. Yes, <laughs> on Home Shopping Network, or you go you go to like the the card show at the mall. Yeah, and it's like the guy with all the cards. Yeah. And it, like, how do you know that that wasn't forged? Yeah, you can forge a certificate of authenticity. I mean, there's no way to know. You know, we can start printing our own money yeah. here. So, but I would pay. I would pay at least a hundred bucks. One hundred dollars for the shade. My birthday's jersey. coming up in November. Yep. I'm I not going to ask you to get it for me. I know what to get you. But you know, if you could find a Shane Falco <laughs> signed jersey by Keanu Reeves, somebody has to have one. Somebody I, has to. We'll have, have, have to look on eBay. Yeah. If anyone sees it out there, just yeah. write into us, please. I forgot tweet to us. look it up before this, but it, it'll be a fun. I got to remember yeah. to look. So, moving on to the next guy. My one of my favorite favorite players in this whole movie, Nigel Gruff. Nigel Gruff, played by Reese Evans. Gotta love the name Reese. So Nigel Gruff is a Welsh footballer and pub owner, nicknamed the Leg because he can kick a football. Can you think of anyone else called the Leg? <laughs> he can kick a football the entire length of the playing field. He also has a tendency to smoke on the field and has a crippling great. gambling addiction. Super great. Oh, he, he was one of my favorite players in in the movie, and I just thought he was hilarious. Just- also, the guy from five-year engagement that cheats on what not Seth Rogen what's his name's wife he like steals uh, her as the professor Jason Siegel exactly right so just the, just the shot of him taking a drag before taking a kick it's just it's it's a very it's a, it's a very good like little icing on top to his character I always loved it um so who's who's his comparison who's his NFL oh, dude. comparison? oh my god so there's two that come to mind very very quickly the first one is Sebastian Seabass Janikowski still in the league the leg He's got a gut. 
Yeah. He probably smokes on the field. Oh, you just yeah. don't see it. He's probably drunk. You know, I mean, he was... <laughs> but he like, can handle his booze. But he was like a top-round pick, too, by... His first-round pick, Oakland. Old yeah. man, Al Davis, Al Davis, Al Davis R.I.P. Um, and the next guy that also I think we could say is... Mike Vanderjack. Vanderjack. Also known as Mike Vandersex. Mike Vandersex. There's no to these parts. <laughs> no no one will get that unless you're in this room with us. But a long time ago, we watched Euro Trip and yeah. the, just Club Vandersex. Like, yeah. just, we just started calling Mike Vanderjack yeah. Vandersex. Because the, just the same stuck. time the movie Euro Trip was out was the same time Vander, Vanderjack was hot in the league. So Vandersex. He's Vandersex does. Club Vandersex. And, uh, and also Jeff Reed. Steelers who's, kicker Jeff Reed from the early 2000s. Yeah. Who uh, also pretty much... Is an alcoholic and got drunk while kicking recently so. too. He like got <laughs> yeah. kicked out of a game as a spectator. Yeah, he can't let it go. So, any pro potential for Nigel in the future here? Oh, dude, with a leg like that, he's yeah. definitely going to get a tryout. Like, I mean, they bring kickers in all yeah. the time, just a competition for a yeah. camp. There's ten teams every year that have a bad kicker, so I'm sure that he would at least be a camp leg, no doubt about it. Now, would he take it? Would he piss the opportunity away? He's got that bar. He, we know he's under heat for some gambling. He's going to get in trouble later. gambling on pro yeah. games. So, you know, th- that story could easily come out and then his career could be kaput. So I'm going to say no to his to his pro potential. So who do we got ne- Who do we got next? We got Danny Bateman, also known as John Favreau. It's like nobody knew this guy's name the entire time. I had no idea. I was just Favreau. It was like they didn't like yeah. mention this guy by name, but tell us about John Favreau's character. John Favreau, a reserved, almost reticent man during normal interaction with people, but when placed in an adversarial situation, goes completely berserk, which is an understatement, particularly if he sees the color red. Linebacker and defensive captain, he was a walk-on player at Michigan State and later a Gulf War veteran, current member of the Washington, D.C. SWAT team. See, this is the type of teammate that you would hate to have because he kicks your ass for doing good things, especially the kicker. So yes, he does. He would just punch Nigel in the face for making a kick. It's just he gets too fired up. He's too loud. He's too in your face. You just want the guy to shut up. But it's like he's the toughest guy on the team, so you can't really tell him to shut up. Is he what you would call a loose cannon? He is a loose cannon, and I think his uh, his bio is a little little generic there. I want to if I could bash the writer of the, yeah. the article there, but uh, I see him as a modern day Brian Cushing. Yes, just because it just he seems like a meathead, a beefhead, even though. In the scenes that he actually is not on the football field, he's actually he is very calm and very reserved. It's true. But do you see any pro potential here? Or is he just no? I think he. No. I think he loves kicking ass too much. He brawls too it. much. He gets too many personal fouls. Yeah, yeah. he he's going to be the guy that costs your team. He's like you know I hate to make a football analogy or hockey analogy for football, but he's like the enforcer. For hockey, the yeah. guy that's like at the worst possible time is going to get you a fighting major, right. and and you're you're screwed. It, and not to get all X and O's on you here, but when when he finally played Dallas with the real Dallas players in the yeah. final game, there was especially a scene where they were at the goal line and uh, they were jumping over the top, and he totally got blasted and flat back. Did so when play against real competition, he just can't cut it. Like he's just a step below. You know, maybe a special teams player. He's got heart. Possibly. Yeah, maybe he could be a special teams yeah. gunner. Yeah, he could be that's a probably what that's he could pr- do. That's about it, though. But does he? I don't even know if you even even know if he has that. Excuse me, I can't even talk today. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> so yeah, uh, so I don't we, even know if he has that. Who do we got next? We got Earl Wilkinson, aka Ray Smith, who is a jail person. Jail person? <laughs> <laughs> He's in jail. I mean, and the the governor pulls like a favor to yeah. get him out, which yeah. is like so ridiculous. Former star defensive backslash kick returner serving a prison sentence for assaulting a police officer. He's allowed to play with permission of the governor of Maryland. Bullshit. A, he'd never get out of that. And B, how do you get how do you serve jail time? It's like you you could do anything in the NFL and not get yeah. jail time. They didn't have Roger Goodell back yeah. then. So there's not much to this character, I feel. A couple funny seeds, but he didn't really speak much. Um, player comp, who you say? Oh man, it's it's gotta be Pac-Man Jones. That's obviously I, it's, it's Pac-Man gotta be Jones. him. But Pac-Man Jones is going to get himself locked up. See, he got himself suspended for he the year. He got in trouble. Yeah. But this is really amateur hour to get yourself locked up. Like, what kind of lawyers is this guy dealing yeah, with? Like, Pro players don't get locked somebody. up. Ray Lewis walked the streets after being complicit in a murder. It happens. So, other than that, I don't have too much to say about this guy. He's going back to jail. Um, no no future pro endeavors for this guy. Yeah, he's going to be old by the time he gets out. No Plasco Burris comeback story for him. All right, so who we got next? So we got these two guys, which there's not much to say about them. Um, Jackson Brothers. The Jackson Brothers. Brothers and former offensive linemen turned bodyguards for rapper ODB, (laughs) R.I.P., 
who only seem to excel when they play on the same team. Both of these players and brothers would have remained in the pros had it not been for one being traded, and then they both fell apart and left the pros. They're like bodyguards. That's it. See, I don't have much to say about these guys other than it's funny because currently there is a real-life situation of twins in the NBA that are going through the same thing. It's the Morris twins from from Phoenix. They both signed a new contract to to stay at Phoenix, but after they signed the contract, one of them was immediately traded to Detroit. It pissed the other brother off. Now the other brother was like basically holding out, saying, "I'm not going to play for you. You traded my brother away." Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to. I don't want to be like like getting real with these two guys. But yeah. if if it's not in your contract that yeah. says your brother's going to be on the team, or yep. like it's a dual contract, right? I would never trust that. Can I, can I say something? Go ahead. Grow up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Grow up and play the damn game. Get out of here. You're Stop getting paid it. a lot more than I am. Stop it. So are you looking to play? My brother's with me. <laughs> Stop it. Play the damn game. <laughs> <laughs> next next up we have uh, we'll go through these pretty quick because we don't have much time for this Clifford Franklin number also known as Orlando Jones which is the uh, the actor Orlando Jones and the, of uh, of the 7 up commercials yeah, fame from yours. the late 90s make 7 up yours a stock boy in a mini mart who can outrun anyone but cannot catch anything does it remind you of someone maybe a movie podcast we did a few months ago yeah hot hands hot hands from little giants yeah it's like they, the they ripped it right from this character, it's a ripoff. This dude's actual, actual NFL counterpart. I know yes. we didn't do it for a couple of these here. Bernard Barian. I know I'm going deep in there. Deep pool, but it's totally accurate. Yeah. If you know who Bernard Barian is, if you play fantasy football, or if you're a Vikings fan, you know exactly what we're talking about. I had him on my fantasy team way too many times. Fastest man in the league. Stone hands. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. He's going to catch an 80-yard touchdown. Or he's getting you zero. That is Clifford Franklin. Yeah. Anyone else that you could get? I don't know. I'm of? still torn up about this whole, like, they gave him stick him, just like hot hands, you know? And well, they might as well throw him a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. Same thing. Might as well. <laughs> might as well have. Uh, he also reminded me of Freddie Mitchell. I know that's yeah, another deep thing. Because it's the talking. Because he talks a big game. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I know we talk about the Eagles a lot, but that's our favorite yeah. team. So if you haven't yeah. figured that also, out by now. The, the, the thing about, the, about uh, Clifford is he was a glue guy. Yeah. That's his one positive. Yeah. Is that... He's the jokester. He's kind of a jerk, but a good-natured jerk, and he brings the team together. Keeping like the that. locker room locker room happy. Yes. Uh, the last one Anybody here else? is the tight end, Brian Murphy, also known as David Denman, the, the actor. Also, yes, Pam Beasley's boyfriend in The Office. That's how oh. I know him. That's how I know him. <laughs> I didn't even notice and that. And he was a jerk, man. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I'm so glad it's you like ended up It's like the opposite gym. because he's deaf in this movie. So what, deaf people can't be jerks? So a tight end who would have been a first-round draft pick had he not been born deaf ends up playing a major role in the team both on the field and off, scoring the game-winning touchdown and sparking the conversation that sparks a bar fight. We need to edit that sentence. He sparks the conversation that that sparks sparks the bar fight? Come Come on, man. man. Thesaurus.com, man. Come on. Now, I see the player comp, and it's hilarious. Yes. What do we have for player comp? So the only one that I could think of, because I don't know any deaf tight ends in the league, or any (laughs) tight ends that look like him. I mean, maybe you could go Jason Witten, but I think he's too red. Like, his face is too red. Yeah, Jason Witten's too red. Um, I I put Siren from American (laughs) Gladiators. (laughs) Not to be insensitive, but seriously, like, hell of an athlete. You remember American Gladiators, the guy, the referee, and it was the referee. It was always the same guy, you know. Contestants, ready! Gladiators, ready! And he blow the whistle. So when Cyber was up there on the joust thing, like he would have to have this elaborate like hand signal to say, "Okay, you may now hit this person in the head." Yeah. So it's like it's it's the same thing. So yes, Siren is the perfect comp. Both hell of athletes. Yes. Let's move on to some of the the other characters in this movie, and um, we can go through some of these pretty quickly. But the first one that that kind of wanted to touch on was old man Ed O'Neill. Old man Ed O'Neill. We 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 touched on him for the most part in the beginning. What do you um, think about this guy? Well, he does. He's definitely a two-timer. What did Wikipedia say? Owner of the Washington Sentinels, O'Neill is the epitome of the double-talking, manipulative, manipulative businessman who is only interested in accolades and doesn't think twice about reneging on a deal if it will earn him more of a desirable result. I think that's a little unfair because it's just win, baby. He's it's, trying to win. It's Al Davis. It's just win, baby. It's Jerry Jones. Jerry wants to win by any means necessary. And hey, if his if his hot shot quarterback, he doesn't know what's going on in that locker room. Right, right. So as far as he sees it, hey, uh, the best quarterback in the league just came back on my team. He just crossed the picket line. Let's put him in over this scrub that just played three games, barely won. Up to this point, now let me just say, 
let me be real here. Up to this point, Falco did not really prove no. much of anything. He didn't really they won anything. one game because of a 65-yard field goal. They won <laughs> another game because... You're breaking um, it down. Yeah. Well, well, the other game he lost because he changed the play because he was too scared to throw the ball into the end zone. And the third game he won off of a busted fumble ruski, Yeah, I believe. Pretty much. Yeah. So what is Shane Falco show? If we had a stat line for Shane Falco right now... I'm thinking, like, the first game, he was, like, 10 of 22 for 122 yards, yeah. one touchdown, three interceptions, lost the game. And a Second game, 10 for 17, one touchdown, two interceptions, and the rushing touchdown. Third game, 9 for 22. Yeah. I mean, 97 less- yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. <laughs> Field goal. Good. Like I know, I know that like when you throw for like a hundred and one, that's still yeah. pretty terrible. But yeah. how bad does ninety seven sound versus yeah. like a hundred and one? I I correct myself. He scored one touchdown. He did throw the the stick yeah. of Bob to to to, to Clifford Franklin. Yeah. That, but I digress. So yeah, Martell <laughs> should have been in that game, it was, even though they needed the heart. It was true. Hackman was right. But I guess what we're trying to say for um, uh, the case against the the owner is he told Hackman he could do what he wanted with the team. So you kind of said, you know, who he already reminds you of, like the owners. So you're thinking yeah. like Jerry He's Jones. Jerry, Al Davis Al type. Davis. Old school, like a very stereotypical old school owner yeah. who really cares and will try to win by any means. He's got a lot of money. He's yeah. trying to throw it at you. Yeah. And, and He's playing real life fantasy football. And I, I said this earlier, but he reminds me of Gene Hackman in 30 years. You know, he just looks <laughs> yeah. like his grandfather or something. Gene Hackman's grandpa, man. I'll tell you, man. T- there's a, the picture of them sitting in the in the golf cart together driving. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? They look exactly the <laughs> we gotta, same. We they the mustache. That, we got to pull that screenshot. Yeah, we got to put it on the, on the website. All right, moving on. Um, the Jimmy McGinty, former head coach of the Washington Sentinels, once fired from his coaching job by O'Neill, he's asked back to coach the replacement players. Seeing this as an opportunity to put together his personal fantasy football team, McGinty offers his recruits a chance at glory and truly believes in his players. I don't know about that. Fantasy football team with a bunch of, like, guys off the street? Well, yeah, because he he knew what he was looking for. He, he, he saw heart in all of these guys. But if we're looking for a real-life comparison... I'm going currently Chip Kelly because as, as we see uh, for football fans, you know that Chip Kelly is getting rid of all of his good players, all the yeah. players that are making a lot of money, all the hot shots. Dude, he just doesn't like black get rid of, We know that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Get, getting rid of Loudmouse, the Sean Jackson, and the Sean McCoy. It's like, this is the same thing. We, we learned in this movie that it is in the late 80s, um, he was previously fired by the same owner because he got into a rift with his $8 million quarterback. And now again here, as soon as his high-priced quarterback comes back over the picket line, immediately clashes with him, rightly or wrongly, probably rightly. But this guy can't this guy can't handle the hot shot player. He needs guys to get in line, just like Chip Kelly. He's out of touch. Yeah. Anybody else? Out of, Someone say out of touch. Joe Gibbs. Joe from Gibbs. Like, you know, way. back in the early two thousand yeah. was it early two thousands yeah. when he got rehired as the Redskins coach. He's used to smash mouth football, guys getting dirty playing two ways. Not anymore, baby. He just didn't know how to adapt. Not anymore. So we, we don't need to talk about him too much. We can compare him to some other coaches as we go. But the last guy that I wanted to talk to you about was Eddie Martell, played by Brett Cullen. Rick the Model Martell, you mean? Yeah, Rick the Model. Don't. Rick, Eddie, Brick Martell. Not the face. <laughs> don't hit him in the face. Regular first-string quarterback. That's a really interesting way to put it in Wikipedia. <laughs> For the Washington Sentinels. Two-time Super Bowl winner and primary antagonist of this drama. I feel like the person who wrote this wiki has no idea what football is. I don't really think that he's doing. he's really like he's not the primary antagonist. Like I guess he is, but he, he is. Isn't. He is kind of because you need a face for the strike basically. Yeah, and, and he's he, the you guy. need you need someone to rub it in Falco's face that he's a never was. Listen, any guy with a soul patch can be a villain. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he had a soul patch. Yeah. There's and two people with a shit with soul patches these days. It's it's, it's Eddie Martell and Chase Utley. That's it. Fli- flipping cars. Um, who's who's his, like, real-life equivalent? Because I think this could be an interesting yeah, one. I, I immediately, when I was watching the movie, I, I said, that's that's freaking Tom Brady. That's yeah, because he's Brady. a crybaby. Yeah. He'll, he'll yell at his, 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 um, his coaches and his teammates. Yeah. Whether it's his fault or not, you're running the wrong route. You're not blocking right. You're not on the same page. You're not calling the right play. He'll he'll slide early. Yeah, he will. He won't. He'll, he'll avoid take the hit. A hit. Has rules. The NFL has placed to protect him and him alone, yeah. which may or may not be his fault. He won two Super Bowls already. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. I, I think that's a perfect equivalent. And he he is. He's a pretty boy. You know, I could see Tom Brady walking into bars, yeah. starting fights, right. and then backing away. 
kind of uh, like the Deshaun Jackson thing a few years ago. And uh, b- besides his all-the-field antics, Tom Brady has been relatively squeaky clean until this offseason with the whole deflated ball situation. So that kind of gives him that evil edge that just lends to this character even more. If we were doing this podcast last year, I may not have said Tom Brady. Yeah. But now it all comes full circle. It's all making sense now. Yeah, I could see this guy deflating some balls too. Yeah. So um, for uh, for Eddie Bartell, what happened to him post post replacements movie oh i feel Season like 2001 i feel like he got cut by the sentinels because he had such a bad performance in that game that yeah. he had a bad performance he wasn't worth the money he was going to ask for a raise because yeah. he thought that you know he was so great falco wasn't good right he winds up losing getting cut floats around from team to team and retires in shame well he was replaced by uh, a scrub never was. So how does that look? A boat for, captain. It, that doesn't that doesn't really help your bargaining power, does it? Right. And and he lost all his friends because you know he sold them out when he crossed the picket line. Yeah. I'll, so I'll tell you exactly what happened. Off season, they just it was too much of a headache. They cut him. Picked up by the Cleveland Browns. Never heard from again. <laughs> started eight games for them until they gave up and started yeah. the rookie quarterback they drafted in the first round. It just reminds me of when, and, and it's not even a good comparison, but when Jeff Garcia got cut by the Niners back in the day, yeah. and then he winds up going to Cleveland, yeah. and they were awful. <laughs> and then he winds up going to Detroit, and they were yeah. awful. Yep. And then he goes to like a whole bunch of other teams, and he winds up on the Eagles or whatever, and he was yep. all right. But a, he just bounced around from terrible team to terrible team. He's a locker room cancer. Listen, there's no room for that. Once your, once your talent starts to diminish and your price tag gets too much, Teams can do without. He you. reminds me of like a guy like Jeff George or Johnny Manziel, but like Jeff George wasn't good, but he's got the attitude of yeah. Jeff George. Or like, or even uh, Ryan Leaf is another one. <laughs> Ryan like Leaf. Ryan Leaf, you know, it's like, oh, who do, who do we draft first, Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning? Yeah. Oh man, that's a tough choice there. At the time, yeah. it was right. But you know, who knew that Ryan Leaf was? I mean, people had knew he had character issues, but he was a crazy man. Right. So Turned out to be more Johnny Manziel than uh, than people realized. Now, before we move on, let's backtrack because we we missed one. We missed Coach McGinney. What happened to McGinney post-replacements? I want to, real quick, I wanted to throw that at you. What do you think happened to his career? I feel like he quit. I feel like he just quit. Right out of the sunset? He, he walked out. Like, because he doesn't like the owner, because the owner tried to screw him. And he won that game, and I feel like he just walked out of there. So he didn't coach in the playoffs when all the players came back, I'm assuming. No, I don't think so. And why were the coaches involved with the strike? I have no idea. Why did they get rid of the coach? Now, this is your questions that probably can't be answered. One more question for you. I'm just going to start peppering questions at I'm you. I'm all right. That's good. So, uh, Martell, first round of the playoffs, after they get in, beating Dallas, not showed all the movie, what do you say? Did, how far did they advance? I feel like his own line let him get sacked all day. I feel like they lost the but, first round. But he didn't screw over his line. He screwed. He, he, he crossed the line, though. He crossed the he line. Crossed the picket line. He, that's right. He crossed that's the line. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're that's right. That's what I'm saying. You're so right. I, you're right. I feel like they definitely yeah. were pissed at him because he, he's like a big player, too. So if he crosses the line, they lose bargaining yeah. power because he's not for the strike. How, how come Joe Montana wasn't trash for doing this in 1987? That's a very good question. I did not know this until we researched it this morning. Yeah, Joe Montana crossed yeah, the line. Yes. So the, the same thing could have happened to Martell, which I fully believe could happen. You lose yeah. the locker room. Uh, Joe Montana was probably painted, just like a Tom Brady. Yeah. They're very, you know, Tom Brady's compared to Joe Montana a lot. It's the yeah. same way. This guy, Martell, maybe to the public, he's a just win kind of quarterback, and that's what they yeah. love about him. He just wins games. Maybe he gets away with it. Yeah. Now, I'm starting to change my mind. Maybe he gets away with it. Yeah. <laughs> So he's not a jerk. I think he made it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. And he was ousted by the San Francisco 49ers, led by Steve Young at the time. All right. There you go. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, man. Let's talk I about the cheerleaders. One quick point about the cheerleaders that I just want to get through because it's not really worth having a whole conversation about. But, like, why were they part of the strike? Like, they were part of the <laughs> strike. The it doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense So at all. everybody left. The concession stand people yeah, left. The, hell? the security guards. Are they all part of this union? Now, is maybe it, I'm wrong. But they're, they're stadium workers, yeah. basically. Is it like the replacement refs, like, back in a couple yeah. years ago when they, like, got no. high school and college they're refs that didn't of, yeah. know what they were doing? They're all part of the different entity. They would not have lost the cheerleaders. Now, since they did lose the cheerleaders... Got to get some strippers in there, right? Yeah, have <laughs> that's to. what they did. Logically, you got to get some strippers. But I felt like you know, for for making it the strippers, like I'm thinking yeah. about other football movies, like The Longest Yard and all that stuff, where yeah. it's like they have you know Tracy Morgan is like yeah. the, the the you all know the, the jailhouse bitch, yeah, the jailhouse like bitch yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And and what I was thinking about with these strippers is like they played it pretty tame. 
right. for having trippers. Like they did a couple provocative dances. PG thirteen, but that was it. PG thirteen. But I've I've seen worse in a PG thirteen. Now I'm not asking to see some skin here, but I'm just but saying there was no there was no lesbian kiss because maybe it was year two thousand. Right. Maybe we're not ready for that. Yeah. In a in a safe, um, you know. Uh, studio movie right 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 they weren't waiting to take yeah, the risk you could do that on an indie film in the year 2000 and then nowadays it, all bets are off you can show whatever you want and, and everybody's fine with it but in the year 2000 maybe the studios thought people aren't ready for that yet now let me ask you a question about the tryouts yes so that that girl was like she was in overhead she couldn't find anybody that was worth right. it. right montage and it's sad if this movie was montage. today yeah you know Melissa McCarthy would have been in now, that, bumbling all over, if falling this, all over no, no, herself. No. If this movie was 2006, a young Melissa McCarthy would have been all over that. But she was in like Gilmore Girls when she was just like a straight-laced chef. Yeah. And I know this because I don't watch the show, but my wife does. Right. No one's going to believe me on That's that. <laughs> but I do not, but I've seen it, and I know what it is. Yeah, and it's like, new, I was like, who is that? Why is she like cute. regular? Yeah, the whole tryout thing was just an embarrassment. It was completely unnecessary, and it was poorly done. And it was very odd when I semi-bashed the director of this movie at the top of our show here. I thought some of the editing was really strange. Yeah. Uh, they would do, like, cuts from football scene to coach reacting on the sideline to cheerleaders doing a move. And they would just juggle them, and it would be really fast. And it would just—a lot of it wouldn't make any sense. And it was like an excuse to show the cheerleaders, even though they weren't even doing anything. As you said, nothing provocative, nothing to advance the story, not even to— not even to add to the excitement of the game. It was really weird. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And we yeah. were talking with a couple people on Periscope, actually. I know that we said that last week, that it was a failed experiment. Yeah. But uh, we actually did. We had some people on Periscope. And they had also pointed out that the cuts just seemed really off, like yeah. especially with the stuff that you were just talking about. It just seemed right. really odd. And going off on the tangent real quick, I want to talk. I want to complain about every football movie ever I'm talking about. Not just this movie. <laughs> every football movie ever, this happens, where... They mess it up in editing where they show the scoreboard of the game and you and it shows like it's we're in the third quarter and it's ten to seven and with ten minutes to go, right? So and then they'll they'll cut and they'll show plays from the game and then in the background you can see the scoreboard from the back from in the background of a long shot of a play. And the scoreboard will show, oh, three to nothing in the second quarter, six minutes to go. Like, they never, like, yeah. sync it correctly. It's not. And sometimes, like, they'll, they'll have Shane Falco in the huddle. And it's like, oh, man, it's third and 20 from inside our own 10-yard line. We got to get a play or whatever. And so they'll, they'll do that in the huddle. And then they'll show the players coming to the line. And they'll show the ball, like, inches from the goal line. Yeah. Like, they're coming up on a goal line play. And then they'll do the wide shot again. And then it'll be where the they're supposed spot. to be. Yeah. It'll be where they're supposed to be. So it's like... They always screw that up in editing. Now I know, I don't know. Every shot's expensive. I get it, but could you tighten that up a little bit? Football movies, you all know, football movies ever, please. For to me? that point, I'd be curious to go back to like a movie like Friday Night Lights, which is actually like cinematically. They do it there too. Do they? I didn't yep. know. I didn't notice because a TV seen it in a show while. and Friday Night Lights and any given Sunday, Varsity Blues. They do it a lot in Varsity Blues. Now is that the challenge of just shooting a football movie? Because I was even thinking, like, yeah. how are they having these guys run plays? Like, did they get extras that were real football players that actually know how to run these plays? I think so. I think that's how they do it. Because it's like, how do you yeah. how do you get a bunch of actors to yeah. run plays? Like, and, and a lot of these scenes in this movie and replacements was pretty good. Like the football action, it was pretty realistic with the blocking and all that. It was, but I believe that's it. I think it, you're right. I think it's extras. It it seems like it's it, that football, part. Yeah, football extras. That aspect of it is pretty good. So moving on, I know we only have a few minutes here before we want to get to our last couple topics, but we just kind of noticed some movie tropes in this in this film, and you know, obviously they're called tropes for a reason. They're in everything, um, but a couple of the things that that we saw, and like one of my favorite tropes is like the fight, the right? Fight. So you got to have a fight. Like you got the scabs versus the full timers, and you got to have this brawl. And it just reminded me so much of Roadhouse. Like it was just an all out, just dragging guys across the table with one, glass everywhere. One, one question for you, Drew. Ask me. WWDD. <laughs> what would Dalton do? Dude. With all these football players. He would have just bar. been nice, man. I, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I, don't, be nice. I don't know. He would have broke the rules, man. He would have broke the rules. Because that was like too much of a brawl. Yeah. Like that was like when Dalton before Dalton even showed up yeah. to the double deuce. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't rowdy. They made it rowdy. They needed Wade yeah. Garrett. Up he would in not there. have been employed at the end zone. The bar was called the end zone. Yeah. Where they always partied <laughs> Which after the game. Also was an adult establishment at I think a college that 
we both went to. Yes. I'm pretty sure that yeah, yes, there yes, was, was an adult establishment yes, called was. that. Yes, it was. And it was like way off campus. Yeah. But you got to love the double enchandra, yes. if that's, so to speak, you right. know, the name, the end zone. So I wasn't sure when they first showed it if it was a bar or a strip club. Right, right. But it did remind me of a, of a certain establishment. Um, but don't these guys have anything better to do than to just rag Shane Falco all the time? Like, <laughs> like they're on strike. Like, they should be taking a vacation. Like, yeah. you, you got you this guy think, showing up to the bar no, with his lackeys? You're on strike, so this is your opportunity to, like, just act like a complete dickhole all the time, anytime, <laughs> anywhere. You have to rag all the scabs. It's like your duty. You have to do it. They're taking... Not to take from South Park, but they took our gerbs. Yeah. They're taking their gerbs, all right? So they have to. And especially Martel. Martel is inherently a jerk. Like, that's his, like, it's it's his milieu. It's what he does. So you have to. You have to, You got to flip his car over. You have to do it. Dude, if they... If I went outside and flip your car over right now, how mad would you be at me? I would quit the car. Listen, I don't think I, don't I wouldn't think... even call AAA. I'd be like, "Well, I can't drive that car anymore. <laughs> you just ruined. leave it there. Yeah, I just leave it in that spot. Like, and then imagine like you got somebody to flip it back over for you, and then they come back and flip it over again. Oh my god! It's like what did he say? It's like a little. It's a little less tall now, or something. Because yeah, yeah, the, the roof was tall, like. Yeah. The roof was like caved in. Yeah, and he, he flipped it all the way over. He should. You know I would quit the done? car. He should have just cut the roof off. <laughs> it, like, yeah. like no windshield, nothing. You know just, what I'm saying? Take a saw, like yeah. Like, any given Sunday, yeah. Lawrence Taylor did his LL Cool J's car on <laughs> any given Sunday. He just, he just drive he, it. Yeah, but no, he actually he put it like um, on the top, so it was like completely undrivable. He, he broke the chassis. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. They they did some pretty mean shit to this guy. I yeah. mean, they they really messed him up, and he took it in stride. Cool character, and and that's the other thing that I want to talk to you about. It's like you know, without getting too much into it, but what, how how the hell was he a choke artist if he was so damn cool? He was always cool under pressure, especially when getting ragged by Bartel. I mean, they were kicking his ass. Yeah, and he he wound up throwing the punch, which was pretty awesome, actually. Well, you know what? I, I'm gonna get into the mind of Shade Valco. It's he's afraid of the expectations of yeah. Him. So when he's in the parking lot and people are are called him a scumbag they're calling him a punk they're calling him whatever it was that's the expectation so he can take that in stride because that's what's expected of him yeah it's when he's on the football field and the bright lights are shining that's when he gets scared because people are expecting him to do well and he does poorly he that, crumbles that's where he crumbles yes so are there any other tropes in this movie that you want to talk about yeah real quick i just wanted to throw out the stupid jail scene where they start to bond and they uh they dance in unison to um at first, I was afraid I was petrified. Well, yeah. What's that song called? I Will Survive. I Will Survive. Yeah, sorry. I Will Survive. <laughs> I almost sang the whole verse. <laughs> but yeah, so they bond, and they start to dance. They start line dancing in unison with no music. Now, we're hearing the music as listeners, as, as viewers, but they don't hear the music. You know how hard it is to dance without music? You look like a fool. Now, let alone that they had the deaf guy dancing. So, <laughs> yeah, they really did. And he was in full Full, he was following along all the he way. Had some moves, man. Yeah. But my favorite thing about that scene was after the, they were caught, like after like Gene Hackman uh, bailed them out, <laughs> and he basically told them, "Don't do that again." They still had the deaf guy in the background dancing because like, he, he didn't know. He didn't That's know his awesome. back was turned, and like uh, Clifford Robinson, Clifford Franklin had to uh, stop him. Oh man, I, I just I thought that was a good touch. It was I'm, a great touch. I'm never gonna get tired of calling Gene Hackman Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. But yeah, it's a dumb scene, and I hate that the bonding scene, so to speak. But that's all I got on that. Another subplot I wanted to talk about, which is one of my favorite subplots of the entire movie, was um, the uh, kicker Nigel was in deep with some of the mobsters. They were going to take his bar, and they're going to have him fix the game by missing a kick at a very crucial time. Now, I, what I want to ask you is, kicker seems like a very odd position to have fix yeah. a game, especially uh, 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 what we're talking about football, a football game. What position would be the easiest to compromise and to fix the game? Well, see, kicker's tough, like you said, because with kicker, you don't know if they're going to get the opportunity right. to... Like, if you need this game fixed, you don't know if they're going to get the opportunity to get the game-winning kick. Right. I'm going to go with, like, offensive lineman or, like, a corner. Because, <laughs> yeah. let, like, with an offensive lineman, if you're, like, you are basically protecting the quarterback. So if you get out of position and you let, like, you know, J.J. Watt go sack somebody... Right. Then you can easily do that without, you know, maybe the coach called a bad game plan. Maybe you missed a block. It's not as obvious. And and they're not going to come for you getting the fix. The same with corner. Because with corner, you can let him burn by you a little bit. You can let, it's like, you know, in Major League with Dorn. Yeah. When Dorn misses the, this is the he, catch. He lays the catch. Yeah. yeah he lays yeah. the catch. It's like, it's not, you know, Wild Thing knew he did it. Yeah. 
everyone else knew he did it, but the fans didn't know that he did right. it. Right. It was you very know? inconspicuous. And I feel like offensive lineman or corner. What are, what are you? I agree with you because lineman, you get your quarterback crushed. And if your quarterback gets injured, the backup might not be so good. Who's Shade Falco's backup? Oh, my God. They didn't even have right? one. Right? Exactly. It's probably the it's it's the receiver because that's how it is. You compromise those Jackson brothers. Listen, they can be bought. I know. Yeah, they can yeah. be bought. But uh, QB is too obvious because quarterback overthrows a guy five, five times in a row. You're like, what's going on here? I know he's, he might have a bad game, but... and. Um, I remember the movie Blue Chips. Um, yes, they 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 compromised uh, Tony, the the point guard. Yes, because he was failing TV. I <laughs> <laughs> love that movie. And it, they went back and watched the game film, but it was so obvious that he was throwing passes to the opposition, causing fast breaks, and so the QB would be the same thing. I agree with you. I go offensive line, you, no doubt about it. Left tackle, blind side tackle, so really the right tackle for Saint Falco. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would get crushed yeah. and game over. Or like you say, actually I might go corner. Corner might be easier because you could you could get big plays really quickly and not get benched. Yeah. You could miss a couple assignments and it's like, oh man, it's a rough day out there. And there's not as many yeah. backups. Right. And if you're playing against like Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. it's like, could, oh, it's expected. You could pretend to slip one time. It happens yeah. all the time. Oh, it's a, yeah. you know, you tripped intentional, co- unintentional yeah. contact. Got the wrong cleats on. Let me change my cleats. Yeah. <laughs> got to get them new spikes. I, I get, Before we move on, I got beef with this whole subplot for one reason. So the bet is we got to have the kicker miss the kicks so the Washington loses the game, right? They're playing in this game the full roster Dallas team, right? So they have to be oh, they're easily ten, underdogs. At least 10 point underdogs. Absolutely. And it was a close game at the time. So even if he misses the kick, Dallas still wins by 3 or 2, I forget what the score was. They're going to cover. They're, Dallas will cover. And if you bet on Dallas to win, it's a sucker's bet because the the money line is probably at least minus eight hundred, possibly into the thousands. So, which basically, <laughs> in, in layman's terms, you have to put up you have to put up eight hundred dollars to win one hundred dollars back. <laughs> so, you'd be an idiot to right. play that. So, how much they would have to put up like a million dollars to get back a hundred k, and that's not even that's just putting it basically. And who knows what the real thing is? I don't. I don't want to call them out, but they look like a bunch of idiots. They look like a bunch but of like, idiots out there. Let's be serious. The mob is smart. They're right. not these idiots, right? So the the real thing would be, uh, Nigel will tell them, "Listen, I know we're going to win this game. We're a lot better than people think. Take Washington to win on the money line. <laughs> I'll nail the sixty five yarder. We're going overtime. We're going to beat them." <laughs> That's the bet. The bet is the bet for Washington because it's all or nothing. It's a huge payoff. As but, he's smoking his cigarette on the field. But hey, obviously we don't have big time gamblers right in this movie, and you know they could have called me. <laughs> they should have called but, us. They, they didn't. So, <laughs> so, all right. A couple more things before we before we sign off. Um, you know, this is a, a football movie, and we've talked a little bit about football movies in general. Real quick, like. What are some of your other favorites? And I know we we talked about oh we talked about some of them, them already. But like, oh. what's your favorite? What's your top? Like, Love the three? sports movie, all sports movies. But if we're going football movies, my favorite might might have to be Varsity Blues. Yeah. Now it's not Great movie. the best movie, but I love it. I love everything about it. I love the box, Lance Harbor. You gotta love Billy Bob. It's got the beak, man. Yep. You got Coach Kilmer crushing people. You know, uh, any given Sunday, obviously Al Pacino. Great, greatest speech of all time. It, it is. In a movie, it, in a possibly. sports movie, of course. Yeah. Star-studded. Very realistic. Oliver Stone shot it. Very realistic. Um, Friday Night Lights. Great movie. Great movie. Better show. I just started watching yeah. the show, actually, yeah. and I'm loving it. We did Little Giants. Yeah, we did. Um, great movie. Shameless plug. Um, also, doesn't get a lot of credit because it's borderline chick flick. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, Jerry Maguire is a great movie. And I don't you, care what anyone says. You could, go, you could waffle back and forth on if it's a football movie or not, but... I consider it a football movie, and I love it. I, I love Jeremy Maguire. It's a love great it. Movie. I'd watch it anytime it's on. Listen, I'm a, I'm a fan of Tom Cruise. It's on TBS like crazy, every other day. Crazy or not, yeah. we're Any, fans. Anything that I left out that, that you may enjoy? Uh, I really like Remember the Titans. I don't know. Did you say that one? I did, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. Like, Obviously, it's a really good movie, and it's a better movie than a lot of the movies I listed, but it's not rewatchable to me. Yeah, I, I love Friday Night Lights because I love the music. I'm a huge fan of Explosions in the Sky. I love right. the soundtrack. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's pretty much... You pretty much nailed all the ones that I right, like. Yeah. So um, so the last thing that I want to do before we sign off is I want to just do two things. I want to take Shane Falco and I want to compare him to some of these other quarterbacks from some of these movies. All right. And I want to do the same with Gene Hackman. <laughs> and I want to take him and compare him to some of these other movies. So I'm going to give you a name and you tell me which person you think is better. 
and tell me why. Real quick, we'll fire off some. Let's of these. do this. So the first one is your boy Moxon. Moxon Ooh, versus Falco. I know right this is like high school versus yeah. pros or semi-pro. Well, that's why I have to go all potential here. Yeah. So we're going who's better? Yes. You see, okay. So I, I noticed the, I I uh, I rattled off all Falco's weaknesses in the past here about you know his, his, his propensity to clutch his uh he uh improvises plays to a fault sometimes and uh, the fact that he had a shot in the pros and he totally blew it. Um, now Moxon, on the other hand, does not have the heart for the game. He's doing. He he signed up. He's on the third string. Yeah. He had no intentions of starting. The first two guys in front of him got hurt, including his best friend Lance Harbor, who yeah. was destined for Florida State. So, <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that's right. Damn. R.I.P. Man, you just put it's a too sad soon. <laughs> Sorry. So, so the box has all the intangibles. He has a cannon for an arm, a much much stronger arm than Falco, but he doesn't have the heart. He doesn't want to win. He wants to go to Brown. Do you know any uh, football players come out of Brown and go to the pros? I can't. Does name Brown any have them. a football team? Yeah, I wasn't. I I can't name any specific players. I don't think know? Brown even has a football team. They probably do. <laughs> no, they do. They definitely. Do. I'm going Falco. I'm going Falco all the way because Moxon doesn't care about the game enough. Next, uh, I'll give you two. So this is the the dynamic duo. Uh, I'll give you first Dennis Quaid, aka Jack Rooney, old man quarterback. Oh name. man, bad back. Jack Rooney sounds like he's 75 years old. For the Miami Sharks. For the Miami Sharks. Um, and also Willie Beeman. Do do lump them together. Steven Willie Beeman. So I get do I get the best of both worlds? Or? Yeah, give me give me the give me the combination of oh, two of man. them. Gotta go, gotta go, Beeman, Rudy. Yeah. all day on this. You have the first of all, Rudy's a legend. He's been there. He's done that. He's kind of like a, a Dan Marino, if you will. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so he kind of even looks like him when he has the pads on. He's got sort the big, of like a John Elway when he was big, on. The... Yeah, it's big stacky pads when, yeah. he's, when he's in the game. There, he's got the chest protector. He's all. I don't even know how he like he moves his chest when he's throwing the ball. <laughs> Field general, they love him. Uh, the the locker room loves him. Willie Beeman, bit of a hot head, bit of a hot shot. Coach Hackman couldn't coach him. But Al Pacino certainly can, and <laughs> he's he's the type of guy that never got a shot. Once he finally got a shot, took it and ran with it. And he 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 also has the will to win, and he also has a, that constant chip on your shoulder. Yeah, especially when the coaches were trying to make him a DB back in the day, he doesn't like that shit. Going Willie Beeman and Quaid both by themselves and and together better than Falco. No I give you about it. I give the last couple here pretty quick. Right. Um, we'll do two of these. Paul Crew from the Longest Yard. Paul. Like, Cr- Adam Sandler, Paul Crew. Yeah. Not Burt Reynolds, Paul Crew. Paul Crew was a very successful pro quarterback, but, you know, he turned into a bit of a drug. He got himself yeah. in trouble and uh, went to jail. Falco is more reliable, but he doesn't have the flat skill. I'll go with Falco on this one yeah. only because he's got the heart of the game. And, and he's not in jail. For a quarterback, that's like intangible number one is more important than skill. Yeah, so I'm going Falco. So did I just pull a, a blasphemy like the way that we do the Karate Kid? Like, did I just piss off everybody that had came out with the Longest Yard that was like the original? Yeah. Where like I get mad when people refer to the Karate Kid as the one with Jaden Smith yeah, in it, yeah. like the Karate Kid. No, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. The, the Longest Yard yeah. is Adam Sandler. It's to like, us. oh, you just completely exposed our. I know. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. I feel yeah. bad about it. Yeah, no, I never, it never hit me until because right now. Because I get frustrated when people say The Karate Kid and they're talking about the remake. It's yeah. like, no, not that one. Nope. Like I'm all the kids of, that we know. Thinking of Adam Sandler, Tracy Morgan, and Chris Rock. So real quick, what about Kush from Jerry Maguire? We talked about Jerry Maguire. I don't Potential know, again, right? I don't know if we ever see Kush play. No. Maybe there's a quick highlight or something, but I don't know. He's got a weasel for an agent, but you can't hold that against him. Yeah. Very highly touted out of college. Um, I can't think of the school he went to. I want to say Michigan State, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah. Falco, see, Kush didn't have a meltdown in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> a meltdown. So if we're going all potential alone, he's got all the intangibles. He's got the height, got the weight, 6'3", 220 pounds, big, strong hands, cannon for an arm. A uh, little bit of a locker room problem. He's kind of arrogant. Teammates don't like him. But that can be fixed. I mean, you can, be, you can get brought down to earth. Yeah. It's not a Johnny Manziel situation. You need Al Pacino to coach yeah. him up. With uh, with with the lack of failure in, in, in his um, championship matches and um, in his college career, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Kush. Plus, he's got a good name, Kush. The other thing that I thought was funny about Falco, and I, I, we probably should have said this earlier, was like he was like, yeah, you know, I got three concussions, and I was like, I thought he meant like he got three concussions in the Sugar Bowl <laughs> in one game. <laughs> in one game, damn, brain is fried. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed about it, but like I thought that's what he meant. Like he got three concussions in the game. Um, so I'm just gonna. How about Lucas Black from Friday Night Lights? Stop it, Mike Winchell. Stop it. We're now, not having that conversation. This is a point of contention for me. 
I can't take any quarterback seriously that has a number above 19. <laughs> if, if, you have, if you have a number 20 like number he was, 20. get the hell out yeah. of here. Was it the Michigan guy? Uh, was yeah. it Devin Gardner? He had like 96 yeah. or something. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, get yourself a real number. I don't care. Get out of here. Get a real number, 19 <laughs> right. or lower. Even I'm, 19s. I'm not, I'm not putting those two guys in the same sentence. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then maybe Scott Bakula from <laughs> Unnecessary Pull roughness. the necessary roughness card on me. Scott Bakula. Oh, man. If, for those leap. listening, if you have not seen Necessary Roughness, it's basically Scott Bakula as a 30-plus-year-old who has a year of eligibility left in his college <laughs> career. So he goes back to school to coach a, to the QB with a bunch of college kids. Oh, it's we should do that movie, movie at some point. Movie. We should do that one. Oh, man. I'm going Bakula just because his name's Bakula. <laughs> what about Junior from Little Giants? <laughs> Talk about potential. Now, I had complained about Junior in our Little Giants podcast about him not stepping up to be, to the be a man and try out for the Cowboys, which he should have done a long time ago. Yeah. Instead, he he lowered his standards and went with a lesser team, which is commendable that you know he's trying and all that. But he, he doesn't have the heart. Again, he doesn't have the heart. Falco does Falco all day every day. So let's let's talk about the coaches. Um, let's compare him to to Coach Hackman. <laughs> As you're drinking something, I thought you were gonna spit it out. No. Um. Mike's what about uh, Coach D'Amato? We're talking about Al Pacino from right. uh, from any given Sunday. All right, D'Amato versus McGinty. Yeah. Um, D'Amato all day. Yeah, me too. I, um, I, it's not even a contest. No, Hackman himself had a lot of very inspirational speeches, but he doesn't have the speech. Yeah. And plus, D'Amato has seen it all. He has his troubles with ownership, just like uh, McGinty, from uh, the old man all the way through to Cameron Diaz, the daughter who yeah. thinks she runs the world, that whole thing. <laughs> He's seen it all. He's coached it all, 20-plus years, still firing, making the shrewd move to, to switch, to go to the expansion team. I can't think of the, the city. I, it's bugging me that I can't think of the oh, city. Oh, I know, yeah. Um, but he stole Willie Beeman out from under Miami, too, with free agency signing. Got to go to Mono. He's got GM potential. Also. He does, he does. He yeah. has GM potential. Yeah. And uh, how many supercuts when YouTube first came out, like, of highlight reels of... It's either... You got either a hip-hop track. Yep. Like, when you're looking up supercuts of, like, highlights of yeah. old players, you either get... <laughs> Remember we were watching this recently? We were watching... Mc- we were watching Nab. the Nab highlights. What they put on... It was like a... I book. will remember... <laughs> it doesn't fit highlights. Like, I remember them. It was... It's true. It was like a funeral. Like, he died. <laughs> like, so dude, sad. They took... It's always a hip-hop song or, like... Yeah. Or it's like, um, like, Breaking Benjamin or like disturbed yeah like some like hardcore yeah, band right. and then you get like then you like that song was so out of place they're like watching mcnab highlights go look it up on youtube yeah. it's out there <laughs> it's like it's this song like the saddest damn song it's like the freaking song you see to adopt a pet on tv it's like the saddest commercial ever so anyway they use that that speech from speech from any given sunday for every type of highlight reel yeah. ever it's fine it works so last couple here what about coach kilmer john voight coach kilmer it only works in high school. Yeah. You can only yell at teenagers like that, and they are scared of you. Because even when you're in college, you can have a hard-ass coach, but they're not going to be scared of you like a high schooler will be. Because he'll cut your ass, son, and then your college career is over. I'm going to go Hackman just because you you got to be a player's coach. In my opinion, the the, the, the day of, of the... Um, of the hardcore coach is is past us, I believe, or at least at least I think it's cycles. Yeah, and I think we need a players coach. And Hackman can be hard when he needs to. What about the O'Shea brothers? From- <laughs> Both combined, <laughs> little giants. <laughs> Danny's like annexation of Puerto Rico savvy, even though he yeah. really stole it from the kid. Yeah, and you know Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy's like like tenacity. Yeah. You gotta go O'Shea Brothers because the combination. Yeah, just because the combination of the two. Because Moranis doesn't really know anything about football, but that's okay because he can relate to people. Yeah, he can be the players coach. He's the players coach. He can be the players coach. While um, while uh, Al Bundy over there could be could be the hard ass and the combined is the perfect coach. It reminds me of Chris Traeger it's almost and not fair. Uh, Chris Traeger and um and what's his name Ben Wyatt and Ben Wyatt yeah. when it's like you know Ben Wyatt cuts him like Chris Traeger builds him up. Yeah. And Ben White comes in and he cuts him down. Cuts him down with reality. That's exactly but that. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like to think that the the super little league team that the, that they that they coached the following year after Little Giants, it was a straight undefeated season because it's best of both worlds. Yeah. So that about wraps it up. Is there anything else you want to talk about when you think about the replacements? Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted to uh, say this earlier at the, at the top of the show. I forgot. Um, we're in a bunch of fantasy leagues, a couple of fantasy leagues, and uh, one of the leagues our friend created. Frank, he lives in DC, um, created this league and. Um, Actually made the, sh- the 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 trophy of the league, uh, the Shade Falco Memorial Trophy, 
and uh, the winner gets it every year. And actually, I'm in possession of this trophy I am right now. I'm jealous of yeah. this trophy. I'll have, to, I'll, have to, I'll have to tweet a picture of it, yeah, actually. please do, because it's awesome. Be it with my smiling face. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you took a picture before we had our draft and sent a picture of you sleeping yes. with it. Yes, yes. You know, like Egon Spengler and the slime. It's always the quiet ones. (laughs) To the rest of the league. So uh, all the trophy is a plate of a picture of Shade Falco, like a kind of like laser doll, I don't know, however you say it. It's uh, pretty awesome. And it's got the quote on there, the quote from the top of the show, paid heels, chick six scars, glory lasts forever. And it's one of my prized possessions, and um, I'm scared I'm going to lose it this year, so I'm trying to hold on tightly, and maybe I will sleep with it a little bit more. You got to repeat. Yeah, I'll have to put it under the covers, (laughs) you know, be an it. But that's about it. I think that about does it for us here. Um, I had a fun time talking with you about this movie. Yeah, it's football season. I'm talking football, man. I'm glad that it's back. Um, you know, next next week we're thinking about doing Mortal Kombat. So if you want to watch Mortal Kombat with us, let us know. Tweet us at the Last Row Pod on Twitter. Hit our website up at the Last Row Podcast dot com. Find us on Facebook. Write to us on Facebook. We're in desperate need of friends on Facebook. <laughs> Hit us, hit us up, like our page. Will you be our friend? And uh, and if you can, please head out to iTunes. Please leave us a five-star review. It really does help. I just want to personally thank every single person, all 30 of you, that did go out and leave us a review. It really does help. So thank you very much. And on that note, we will see you guys next time. See you.